0: Every moment's different, and we have to be skilled enough and also creative enough to be able to go inside today and figure out what's going on with me now and how can I bring healing to that in this moment and kind of co create with myself and with the medicine um, to craft what's needed when you need it. And all the different tools, whether or not it's spiritual, whether or not it's coaching, whether or not it's breath work, whatever, they're just like different paints in your paintbrush. And when you go inside your consciousness, or your heart, or your healing, and you're there to paint a new canvas, you're there to make art, and you have all these different colors, and you have to figure out in the moment, you know, what's the the color, the picture, the painting that you're trying to make.
1: witness wild wisdom. I'm so happy you're tuning in today. I've been so grateful to finally put this podcast out there and receive uh, a lot of great encouragement and feedback from uh, many people that I love deeply. So thank you so much for being a part of this. It's it's really special for me and I'm super excited to share with you today this conversation I had with a good brother named Dylan Lyon. Dylan is an exceptional person from the first moment he sat down at a fire and uh, we started talking I could you know feel in his way of expressing himself that that I was really witnessing. Um, someone who's very attentive and active and alive you know these kinds of things are communicated beyond words and since that moment i wanted to sit down with dylan and really hear his story and uh, and witness some wisdom which he definitely has to share it it took some time for us to actually make it to the moment um so i kind of held off asking him very many questions. I put the (laughs) relationship development on pause so that I could uh, record it and I think that was well worth it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. We talk about finding one's own path and really forging our way forward in our life by listening to the, the heart, you know, our spirit, trusting something deeper than what we've been merely told and conditioned to act out of he speaks a lot of his experience acting from this place within himself which is uh, totally related to consciousness to exploring inside and he currently is coaching people um, from what i understand many different kinds of people in many different walks of life he he kind of offers guidance and uh, online courses and such to help people find their path and awaken their authentic awareness of who they are and and what gifts they are here to bring. So I'm really grateful Dylan was uh, willing to share share this with me and that I have the honor to share it with you. Something I'd like to say before we get into this conversation is is talking to yeah some of these ideas and things that we speak about of life and of death. I feel at this moment um, that this disturbance around death and this hysteria which uh, is now shooting through all the media channels and it's, uh, it's really incredible to see the amount of fear and stress and tension and panic all wrapped up in this uh, corona crisis, which fundamentally comes down to our social taboos against death, trying to treat death as something avoidable and something flawed to be overcome. And this has justified the retraction of our most essential liberties, and I think is weakening people mentally and physically at this time. If we're in a state of fear, we cannot respond uh, from health, from you know, from the peace within, from our heart. And I just want to send a. A prayer out to everybody at this moment to uh, to find that inner light and to live lovingly in acceptance of death and the grace of this whole cycle that we're a part of. All this comes down to trust, really—a trust in life, a trust in death, and these divine processes that uh we're a part of and that is so much vaster than how we at the moment seem to uh, to think about it or talk about it at least publicly so yeah i'm sending you lots of love and health and strength in this moment to uh to have the courage to go within and to really forge your way forward because we're in this together and we're looking for some sanity some solutions so let's share
2: That goddess rise again. Breathe deeply, brother. Let it in. The boys become divine men. Breathe deeply, family. almighty oh What you are, it's what you've been. I am, you are, I am, you are. your soul You ain't got nowhere left to go Free up your mind, liberate your time You ain't got nowhere left to go Shine your divine right by my side We ain't got nowhere left to go Feel free unwind (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that this is uh this is happening finally. Me too. After some dancing around it, I from the first time I met you up here at the Golden Temple above Lake Atilan. I was like, man, this this guy is cool. He's definitely got some some things to teach me. And uh yeah, I'm really curious also to go back to where you emerge from, your origin story, if you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure.
0: I grew up in Orange County, California, Southern California, and I used to joke that it was the perfect place to have escaped from, (laughs) because it is. It's, you know, palm trees, perfect weather, everything's safe, everything's kind of perfect, cookie-cutter, box-cutter kind of a reality. And, um... Yeah, I just don't think I ever quite fit in. I think uh, my mom, as amazing as she is, tried really, really hard. She really wanted the programming to stick. Mm. And it just it just didn't take from a very young age, uh, whether or not it was school or religion or just anything. I I was both gifted and plagued with the fact that I asked way too many questions. And it was just way too curious about everything, you know. And uh, yeah, by the time I was eighteen, I basically ended up leaving, with just a backpack, and went off to go travel. And my family had never traveled before; we never did any traveling growing up, and so I had zero frame of reference. I never even left the state; it was like a completely new thing, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, when I told my family that I decided that I wasn't going to go to college and that I was going to go travel instead, they thought I was making a you know, huge mistake, and uh, my dad told me I'd be back in two weeks. And it's been about nine years now since I started traveling, and I haven't gone back. I mean, I go back to visit, but I haven't gone back to live-live, you know.
1: You found your your way out in the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what it really was was throughout the entire course of my life, it was a deep observation into what seemed to be a very plastic world. Whether or not it was the fact that every single house looked the same, or everyone had the same routines, and you know, go to church on Sundays, Mondays football, work throughout the week, wait for the weekends, hope to retire one day, that kind of an energy. Or just the fact that every single night when I would walk around in the neighborhoods, uh, alone typically and everyone would be in their houses by 8pm watching television and I could see the blue light admitting from every single house all the way down the neighborhood and I would walk around almost like a like a ghost a little bit just not understanding really what was going on and why we were doing what we were doing and um, But also having no alternative no frame of reference for an alternative either you know and going through that process that I think a lot of young people go through, where I like think my mom used to tell me that I, uh, it's just that, just that feeling of I can't know better because I'm a kid and the adults and the school and other people have to know better, right? And yet that deep down wisdom that I think a lot of children carry in some way, shape or form, that just it goes left unspoken, you know? So I was very quiet growing up. I was very just kind of observing and analyzing and um, realizing that I wasn't really able to get the answers from the people around me.
1: So I was just kind of stuck answerless for most of my life. Mm -hmm. And what were those, like can you give me one burning example of a question if you remember any that was just like so not satisfied or
3: satiated
1: in this? Yeah, well I'll tell you the,
0: story of uh, the day Western religion died for me. Mm. I was about 12 years old, and I was being, uh, my mom would always drag me to church, and I never liked to go to the kids section, because it was just like, there the teaching seemed really ridiculous, (laughs) and I was a little bit too mature for my age, you know, so part of my agreement with my mom was like, well you have to take me into the big sermon so I can at least actually get the real thing. Uh, Because the kid one was really like the place where they just put you to kind of distract you where the parents went off to church, right? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in a room full of, I don't know, maybe two or three hundred people, well-educated, upper, upper middle class people, and the priest was talking all about you know, going to hell and the fear and all these different things, which was usually what we were always talking about. It was always focused on the negativity and I was always focused on the you know fear-based teachings and I remember raising my hand and asking the priests one simple question which was well what if someone was born on this planet and then died and they never got introduced to Jesus do they go to heaven by default or do they go to hell by default because if you don't have the opportunity to be saved because you just never even knew it wouldn't really make sense that you go to hell but you also haven't been saved, right? So what happens? And the priest said, every single person in this lifetime has the opportunity to hear about Jesus. Everyone who lives on this planet hears about Jesus at some point in their lives. So they all had the option. So if they chose not to, then they went to hell. I remember sitting there as a 12-year-old surrounded by about 200, 300 adults and thinking to myself like, so you mean no one's ever lived and died and didn't have a chance to hear about <laughs> Jesus? Like, like there's never been a, ba- a baby or a you know, stillborn or a tribe in a cave who just didn't like, didn't get the message. You're telling me that the answer is that that doesn't happen on this planet. I remember looking at my mom sitting next to me and I like look up at her because I'm smaller, right? And she's looking down at me and I had this moment with her, which I had many times in my upbringing actually, but this moment where it was like the logical side of her knew that that can't possibly be true (laughs) but then she's also fighting with her own beliefs right and then she's also fighting with the fact that she can't really tell me the truth like that was kind of the energy I got a lot was like her own hands were tied Mm -hmm. based on her beliefs and the fact that even though it's clearly so logical if she asks too many questions her own reality would just kind of dissolve on itself because it's built on such ridiculousness you know the foundation of it is so rotten that the only way it works is to ask no questions. And so I remember her just kind of looking at me and struggling internally with the truth and not really being able to give me any real answer. And for me, that was the day that religion died. And I didn't tell my mom that then. I told her later when she started asking me questions and stuff. When I started, got a little bit older and more cheeky, you know, and started saying, like, no, I don't believe in God. and um, But that was the day for me that it was just like. And that's tough. I mean, how do you, how do you, um. Again, if everyone else around you, you can't feel like you can't ask any questions to. Because it either feels like lies or just confusing or just not true. What do you, what do, you do with that? It's interesting.
1: And why did you decide to travel if there was no one around you who had, was like a positive example of, of that? What was the realization to not follow that path and go to university or college and just pick up a backpack?
0: Yeah. So I had a moment, it was the summer after I graduated high school, and I was supposed to be going to community college, and I was working as a busboy at a nice restaurant. My dad was a server, so I was kind of following in his footsteps, and I had a good job. And just like a different small series of moments started to happen, you know? I think we always attempted to try to pinpoint the one moment and I think that in reality we have many of these moments throughout our lives so lots of little things happen you know like a a friend synchronistically gave me the right book at the right moment and it was a book by Herman Hesse called Damien and when I read it it was actually like I was hearing the first words of truth that I'd ever heard in my entire life you know he had the level of depth in his writing and just the way that it hit me personally in that moment it was like this is actually speaking the truth and I had to get it out of a book from someone who was dead. But here it was, and that really deeply impacted me. And that book is all about kind of a young man finding his own path, essentially. And so that was a a piece of it. Um, Another moment, I was at work, and I worked at this uh, place called the Dana Point Harbor, which is a pretty well-known spot. It was a restaurant sitting on the harbor. And everyone's wearing like Hawaiian shirts and You know, that's kind of like the vibe with the yachts in the background kind of thing. And I was sitting there waiting tables and I was looking out at the harbor, which had this rock wall that kind of enclosed, you know, the spot where all the boats were. And on the other side was the sun and the ocean. And I don't know why, but this idea of some type of metaphor came in. And it was this feeling of everything on the inside of this rock wall contains everything that I kind of have learned to disdain which is the structure and the society and the way we're meant to behave and the way we're meant to be in this kind of plastic, shove all of our emotions down and put on this mask and just kind of live this lifestyle out. It's like everything's on that side. And then somewhere on the other side of those rocks where I can't see is just the infinite ocean and just nature and life and everything that was out there um, that I didn't know about and this feeling inside of like no one's ever allowed to cross this barrier of how we're supposed to behave we don't talk about the fact that we're not supposed to break out of that but everyone knows on some subconscious level that no one's allowed to break those rules even emotionally right it's like we can't break out burst out laughing or screaming or freaking out or just being totally free and wild because it's what totally shakes people up not meant to happen everything's supposed to be contained you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like all these underlying rules about how we're behaving that no one's talking about the fact that those rules are in place and so I had this idea of like well what happens to someone when they break out on the other side of that and as this idea started kind of percolating inside me it just like erupted like a fire in my consciousness like it just got the idea just got bigger and louder and bigger and louder to the point where it was like nothing I can think about was this concept and I was sitting there bussing tables, but on the inside, it was like I was completely out of my body, in my head, just like going lost in this idea, right? And eventually, I don't know, something came over me and I just couldn't resist what was happening to me. And I snuck off to the side of the restaurant and I just started undressing on the spot. I was like kind of like on the outside of the bus station, just where like everyone was right there, but no one could see me. And I just started taking off my belt. And I even had a moment where another waiter, very randomly, because I was being very kind of subtle, saw me and he was like, what are you doing? And I like, put my belt back on, I was like, oh, nothing. And then he left. And then I just started undressing again. And next thing I know, I was naked. And standing on the side of this restaurant, no one had seen me yet. And I just started walking. And I walked on the outside of where the like everyone was seating, like the patio. Mm-hmm. I walked around the outside of the patio And I stood facing the um, um, wooden walkway like the jetty. I was facing the jetty and I was facing the ocean and the entire restaurant was like square exactly right behind me. And so I knew every single person is seeing me naked right now facing away from them looking at the ocean. And I had this moment where there was this little sign right there that just said no swimming. And I just looked at it and I said fuck it. And I just started running and I ran down the jetty and dove into the water, and quit my job.
3: <laughs> and you quit everything. I quit everything,
0: yeah, I quit everything. And in that moment, I remember like in the jump, like time just standing still, and being in slow motion. I felt so hot, so fired up, I was especially emotionally, just with the craziness of what I was doing, even though it was kinda, something had taken over me, right? But it was still such a powerful moment. And the second I hit the water, instant peace, like, deep 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 peace and everything just washed away it's like the water just cleansed my soul and I popped up and there were the big yachts and boats there and stuff and I turned on my back and I just started like floating really really slowly away staring up at the birds I didn't have a single thought in my mind my mind was raging before I jumped and then all of a sudden it was just like peace and at one point I looked up kind of behind me back towards the restaurant and every single person that was eating had sat up and was now like lined up against the little picket fence that enclosed the restaurant. So they're all lined up and all the waiters and the boss and the manager, like everyone had come out and it was lined up and it was just staring at me (laughs) blankly. It was just like like, blank, no expressionless face. It was just like, what just happened, you know? And I didn't give a flying fuck. It was just I kept swimming and I kept looking back every once in a while and they kept just getting farther and farther away. And it was like the entire old world was just slowly disappearing. And uh Yeah, I finally hit the rock wall and climbed up and I got to see the vastness of the ocean and it was probably my first real deep kind of spiritual experience. I felt like a, choosing my own path, you know, and becoming my own man for the first time and um, we don't really get those moments in our culture and I think we have to create them. Otherwise we don't have them, you know, and that was a moment of me kind of taking control of my life and creating that split moment of, of this is a distinction. This isn't just another day sitting around playing video games or another day working some shitty job that I'll forget about like this moment I'll never forget. And it changes, the, it did, it changed the trajectory of my life forever. And, um, Yeah. Eventually, my father showed up because they called him, and they said your son's lost his mind; he's probably on drugs. <laughs> and so my dad came down, and he came out to the rock wall with me. And he's in his work uniform. That was another moment that's so beautiful because he's sitting there in his work uniform. He'd come from work, and I'm sitting there naked. And we're both looking. <laughs> we had this moment, like father and son. We're both standing there, just looking at each other. And we're just feeling like tall and proud, and like super. Yeah, I'm 18, but still so like proud in that moment. And his first question was, like, what drugs did you take? <laughs> you know? And uh, pretty quickly, I convinced him that I was sober. He actually interpreted it as I wanted to quit my job and I wanted to do it in some big way, because whatever, I didn't try to explain otherwise. I, I didn't really have a way to explain what was going on for me internally. But he asked, you know, what are you going to do now with your life? And I said, I'm going to go travel. And I said, give me a month from today. I'm going to prepare, and then I'm going to leave. And uh, he didn't believe me. And then a month later to that day, I hitchhiked with a friend up to San Francisco with a backpack and got I I like seven hundred dollars or something at that time. And that was it. The adventure began.
1: <laughs> the adventure began. You started. You started going north hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. And you've ended up in Guatemala. <laughs> yes. And. In between I imagine that there's been many more affirmations of this branching out in life and, and finding your own path mm. and walking your own path or swimming it. Or I find it so interesting that travel is a kind of like metaphor almost of like moving to different places and different cultures and, and uh, you really do that in your own self when you start to like go out and and discover yourself I mean at 18 you didn't know maybe what you loved to do huh? I didn't feel like I knew much of anything (laughs) (laughs) and And I was shown that many
0: times (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know I, I think that ultimately what we're looking for always is ourselves and travel is an external representation of that internal search and right now for the western world more than ever i think we're really looking for that because everything is so cookie cutter or so routine and we're not going on the hero's journey like we used to at least many of us aren't and i think a deep down part of us is longing for that um i think every single person is the hero of their movie and somewhere deep down underneath all the shoulds and what have yous, there's that thing that is like this is the journey we actually intended to go on when we came into this lifetime. And it's in there somewhere, and it wants to guide us towards our highest evolution, it wants to take us on that process. Um, But that process is against the nervous system, it's against our survival mechanisms, it's against the rational mind, you know, and that inherent navigation system of our soul kind of goes quiet, and it has to. And that was one of the things that I think I knew again not really having like a spiritual framework back then but I knew on some level that I only really had two choices which was I was either gonna let whatever fire I still had in me by the time I was 18 die completely in order to survive in that system or I was gonna completely surrender to the unknown and let this thing that I could feel somewhere in there guide me on a journey and ultimately, I chose to let it take me, and um, it saved my life. You know, it really did. It started your life. It it started my life. the fire for sure. And yeah, I just I think I knew that because that was the thing that pulled me out of that place and began this journey. Even from all the way back then, the only real intention that I had. For this process was to continuously let that thing which I now call my heart guide me and make every major turning point every major decision and over the last nine years I could honestly say that I've done that and not perfectly I've screwed it up but at least at every major crossroads I've turned back to that guidance system and pulling all the way back from like that's what liberated me in the first place so I wanted to have that experiment too, you know, and like I said, see what happens when someone lets that thing just pull,
1: pull me to wherever it wants to go. And, and what was the first moment where, or maybe not the first moment, but I assume that there was still fear, like leaving all of that in your first, you know, journey, but somehow a trust in, in that heart and that mm-hmm. propulsion must have been reaffirmed, otherwise you wouldn't have continued on and still be where you are now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's an interesting process that I find that happens when someone starts to follow, whether or not you call it your intuition or your heart or just something deeper that goes against the grain. In the beginning, every time you choose that, you're going against your rational mind, you know? you're going against safety, because our highest evolution is always in the unknown, but that's also the most dangerous, right? It's like there's a reason why animals specialize in a single type of food, because the more bacteria you introduce yourself to, the more exposure, the more unknown, the more dangerous, right, so it's the same thing for us. We like our routine, we like our safety, And so if you follow your your heart or your soul, your intuition, it's going to guide you towards your highest evolution, which can't be in the known because how could it? You already know all that. You've already experienced all that. That can't be your growth, right? So you're inherently kind of in a battle with the primitive, you know, survival state. But there's an interesting process that happens where you follow that compass and then it works out in a really beautiful way. Synchronicity happens or You end up in the right place at the right time, you meet someone that changes your life, something happens that propels us one step forward. And maybe it was even chaos in the process and you only realize what a blessing it was in hindsight. But at some point your rational mind is able to go, huh, the decision to follow my intuition or my heart actually worked out for the better. And it takes note of that. And then if you have the courage to do it again and it turns out well again. Your rational mind takes note of it again, right? And slowly over time, I started to get this. I noticed within myself that my rational mind actually had enough evidence to start going, well, maybe I'll hop onto the other side and actually support what the heart wants to do. Because even though it makes no sense, somehow it keeps working, right? (laughs) And when that happens, now it's like there's a little bit of fear, rational mind, but then like half my rational mind's now on my heart side and we're actually working together. And we're able to kind of encourage that little bit of fear still to keep taking these leaps. And yeah, once that happens, it becomes easier and easier and easier to just kind of trust this process and have the rational mind as an ally as opposed to the enemy.
1: Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can recognize that process in myself too, because if you can't, you know articulator if you don't have the answer for why you want to do something but you just know that you know that's it's coming from a deeper place then the mind is actually not a very good place to to ask why it's a good it's a good tool for saying how you know like oh yeah this is this is the way but not why go that way and uh yeah i'm curious how this overlaps with psychedelics too because when i first met you it was clear based on the body of work you're doing, which we'll get to, but like that you're, you really have made it kind of a part of your journey into the unknown to also go into altered states of consciousness. And was that something that paralleled the, the travel for you?
0: Yeah, it did. In those younger years before I started traveling, again, those many different little origin mom- moments, Um, I had my first journey with psychedelics, um, psilocybin, when I was 15, and that really impacted me. Um, And a lot of uh, hiking, I started getting into long-distance backpacking out in the Sierras. That really helped set me free, because I think the first time I was 17, and a group of friends took me out backpacking for eight days, and I grew up playing video games. Like My dad was a huge nerd, Like that was my life, so much my life was spent behind a screen me too yeah and in some ways i'm grateful for that now but yeah they took me out into nature and you know you're way deep in these gorgeous beautiful mountains and it was the first time that i realized that wow there's a whole other world out here that doesn't give a shit about me and my life and my journey and and as a 17 year old that's an important realization right (laughs) and i have this feeling i remember coming back and my classmates and stuff telling me that i was shifted and i was different and i was more quiet and more Observing and more just kind of resting and part of what it was for me was this connection that I now had to these Rivers and waterfalls and the changing of the leaves in this place That no matter what was going on in my reality right in front of me the dramas, the you know Girls in school and all the clickiness and Orange County is very very into that and But meanwhile the rivers are still flowing and the animals are still doing what they're doing and the rocks are still there And none of them care about me or my life and at that time that was really um really really liberating and yeah the psychedelics they they help us with that in some ways as well right they help us both kind of at the same time in some weird way unravel the feeling that our individual story is important and that it needs to be protected at all costs and we must keep living and it must keep going and i must hoard and i must have and i must get and i must become and the psychedelics just kind of like unravel all of that conditioning and connect us to something so much greater while at the same time empowering the individual to take control of your life and like show up fully to your life so I it's a weird it does both somehow at the same time <laughs> and I haven't quite solved it yet I just know that it's it, it, tremendously beneficial
1: and that's why you're inspired now to help specifically guide people into those spaces if I understand like that's that's one of your missions
0: for sure for sure and it doesn't have to be done with psychedelics but I realize that they make it much quicker and much easier because everything that we're looking for is already inside of us and that includes our joy includes our gratitude like you and i were talking about on the hike up here um that we could be bored in the hike or you could be totally awake and lucid to how incredible it is to be walking barefoot on the side of the mountain and we were thinking about as we were walking up every single leaf is like a whole universe in there i mean there's so much to be captivated by in this beautiful drama of life
1: let alone if we look up <laughs>
0: oh yeah it's just it's absolutely stunning it's it's endlessly gorgeous and we can become so dull to that and that reclaiming of like wow i want to feel joyful i want to feel connected i want to feel grateful all that's inside you all of it and it's the reconnecting and reclaiming of ourselves internally that give us all of that of course we use that and we change our circumstances at the same time and that's a beautiful part of the process it's the alchemy of the inner alchemy and then bringing that back out and then going cool now that i have this inner shift how do i want to shift my circumstances in my life to reflect that Um, but it's a process that goes from the inside out as opposed to the outside in and we can do it through meditation we can do it through inner work through self-inquiry there's a million one breath work and there's so many different ways to do it but the psychedelics really help us get out of the way get out of our conditioning get out of making it difficult it makes it much easier to feel it makes it much easier to connect to the inner realms the energy inside it, it just made everything much 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 more fluid that's really what it came down to and when i was working with my one-on-one clients hundreds of hours of coaching and doing it particularly the spiritual work which if people aren't um used to connecting in that way could be a a gap for people and when i started doing the exact same work but with psychedelics it was just 10 times easier people get it much quicker they have much less resistance it's just and i just realized that i was doing it the hard way before that you know
1: it's funny yeah because psychedelics are often aren't described as being easy but Mm you know like easy in the sense of the experience itself sometimes being totally unnerving you know hard to to grapple with and understands
0: you psychedelics can be challenging they're not always easy but you know what I find way more difficult than a crazy psychedelic journey is the fact that for over 10 years I've known my dad's exact schedule and as I've been traveling around the world facing the unknown facing myself getting to the mystery of it falling apart coming back together doing all the crazy shit that I do it's definitely not easy but at any given moment I could think back to my father and know exactly where he was at what he was doing based on his work schedule so I would know for example if it's Monday then it's his day off and he's at the park walking you know, my dog and, and my little sister going on a walk If it's Tuesday, he's working a split shift and he's probably taking a nap at about 3 p.m. You know, if it's Thursday, it's date night and they're going to dinner somewhere. You know, if it's every, any given moment, no matter what craziness I was experiencing, I knew exactly what he was doing and it hadn't changed for over a decade. That is difficult. That's fucking terrifying. The fact that human beings are even capable of that, I mean, to me that is far, far, far more difficult than the work that psychedelics um, bring up in us and the questions that they
1: pose. And have you been able to make bridges with um, your father, for example, when you do go back to California and you, you know, talk talk about what's going on? Like, have have you found that there's any way to connect? these two very different ways of, of living life hmm. I mean I know with a, a parent it's a little bit different than with someone else you meet who's living a totally different way of life and you can just totally you know put that by the wayside and just be with them but with yeah. with our parents and people we share history it's a different process
0: yeah I mean and to be fair I probably make it sound like I mean a really harsh critic of where I come from. Um, for me, it's just really a metaphor. And if someone is, you know, totally in alignment with their heart and soul, and it's their passion and their true calling to be doing something where they're living a life of routine or whatever, but like, that's what they love. That's a totally different story, right? Very, very different. But typically most people need to first go on the inner journey to figure out what that is for themselves. And that's one of the things that we've just kind of lost as a culture. No one's really doing that. To actually be able to be connected enough to ourselves to even ask the questions and get real answers from the inside about you know, who do I want to become? Who do I want to represent? What do I want my life to be about? What do I want to be a symbol for as I'm walking around this planet? Because I'm only here for a moment. You know, you're just a blip on the radar. So what do you want to represent while you're here? Maybe that's actually my purpose. How do I f- fulfill my life from that place? Asking basic questions that just aren't being asked. You know, what actually makes me happy? And shaping our life around the inner calling, even if that changes as we follow it. And that can happen, right? But as I tell a lot of my clients, it's not so much about the circumstances, like what is my calling in this moment? What's my heart saying in this moment? that's nice but it's actually about cultivating the ability to do that for yourself because once you really have that ability then you can keep doing it moment to moment to moment and it doesn't matter if the answer changes it's about the art of learning to follow it Um, as Bashar says following your highest joy with to the best of your ability no attachment to the outcome you know the outcome might keep changing it's not about the outcome it's about you cultivating your individual ability to keep following your joy. Because if you're doing what's your joy in the moment, you're cultivating your joy. You're in your joy in that moment, right? It doesn't matter where it leads. (laughs) You're just in your joy right now. And if you just continuously do that, then you live a life that's joy, right? And funnily enough, I mean, this isn't quite the direct answer to your question, but the idea that someone could live their entire lives waiting for retirement you know the classic american dream of i'll be 65 and i'll try and then my life will start kind of a thing which nowadays is crumbling anyways not many people really even think that way anymore at least not as much as they used to they don't rely on that anymore which is good although it creates uncertainty but it is good but if we take that classic idea what's so funny about that is that it's basically saying i'll put my joy in my future 60 years 40 years 30 years from now I'll put my joy in my future and then when I get there then I'll start living for my joy the problem with that is that you just spent you know 30 years conditioning yourself to be someone who says my joy or my fulfillment or my life starts in the future and that becomes a deeply ingrained pattern neurologically emotionally habitually it becomes who we are you actually literally become the person who is my joy will be down the road so now you get to 65 and you're finally there but you just spent the last 40 years cultivating being out of your joy you can just suddenly flip on a switch and be super joyful and be free and just follow your joy no because you haven't actually become that as an individual yet right that's not who you are so that whole process is a completely flawed premise because it's not focused on the becoming And we have to become what we want to be, not just try to get or achieve or have. We have to actually be it. And that's an inner process. If, again, on the other side, you say from this moment, I'm going to start to the best of my ability to follow my joy. It's not about the joy. It's about the becoming. Someone who's consistently more and more and more to the best of your ability, following your heart, following your joy, following your passion, following your creativity, following your love. And you become a person who is that. You embody that and then the more and more you embody that it actually doesn't even really matter what happens to your circumstances because you constantly are finding meanings and stories and interpretations of your challenges in life that fall in alignment with who you've become which is a joyful free happy individual and you'll find a way to stay that way as tony robbins says which i love the number one need in the human psyche number one above all else is to stay in alignment with who we believe we are if you deeply believe that you are the angry person or the victim or the out of shape person, if that's who you are on the identity level, everything in you will be trying to stay in alignment with that story. So if you become the person who's just always grateful to be alive every single day, you know, the more it's like equity and the more and more and more you just keep investing in that, the more and more and more you are that, you start to become untouchable. Everything you do, your behavior will match that. Identity of who you've become. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember what your question was, but <laughs> my questions are never important. <laughs> my question, That's just how it goes.
1: I find the the whole important thing for me in this is 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 the recognition because like when I hear you speak about these things, I'm constantly recognizing through my experiences how this is true for me or how how to kind of explain a process which i'm already all in you know like i basically i i cut away all the other alternative options of okay i go back and i try to do the 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 plan or the the road through life that as we all experience growing up it's like you know stay on this and don't uh, don't crash and don't fail but when you start to feel like the success of just being good in yourself no matter what's happening uh, it's 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 really empowering and i find that at this moment i sometimes struggle to just just remain in touch with that like, it's a moment-to-moment practice, like when doubt arises or feelings of not being good enough, like these are deep conditionings that can still, you know, somehow have root in our psyche, even after years of of having some of these experiences that I think we've both had. And that's why I really enjoy hiking up here and having <laughs> these kinds of conversations, because it's it's... It's for me just like a, ref- a mirror, a reflection, like a reminder that I really appreciate and I really also want to offer to more people because it can be really beautiful to just take a moment and and reflect on what's happening. And then from that reflection you have the most power almost it seems to like alter your next, you know, mm. your next action, the next thing you do.
0: Yeah yeah totally the ability to pause whether or not that's a vacation whether or not that's meditation whether or not it's a sauna or making music or a space where you're just not habitually thinking and you're not just running you know kind of unconsciously throughout your day um, psychedelics again the same thing you create that space for yourself if you go on a psychedelic journey you're hitting the pause button yeah you're experiencing a lot in that process but you're experiencing it from a place of your typical trajectory just got radically interrupted you know this monkey wrench wrench called the psychedelics just got jammed into the spokes and everything's pa- you know, you're know you not going to work like everything's on pause right now <laughs> where you deal with <laughs> what you just ingested and you have this moment to like be in a state of contemplation and curiosity and really asking questions you know um, questions are just so, 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 so dangerous on the one hand and vital on the other. They're our most powerful form of communication because the question takes us out of running with the mind and actually forces us to pause and to contemplate, you know, it actually engages the creative side of the brain in a really powerful way. Um, especially like more slightly more complicated or philosophical questions they force us to pause and really consider and that pulls us out of just running 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 and uh, can free us in many ways which is the basis of coaching and that type of work is just the idea of um, you're gonna sit with someone and they're gonna ask you powerful questions Mm -hmm. and that can totally change your life because when we're just going 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 we don't actually stop to check the road map at all, right? We don't really stop to look at the compass and go, wait a second, is this how I want to be showing up? Is this the direction I want to be going in? Is this the relationship I'm actually happy with? Or you know, does this need changing, does that need changing? When we're not taking the time to do that, you know, years can go by sometimes, we just don't notice.
1: And one of these services that you're offering to people through these powerful questions, can you like mod model an example of if someone comes to you and says yeah I'm not happy and I'm coming to you to help me you know realize how I can live more fully or you know I I, I can't like a a lot of times I think it's a paralysis of people feeling like they can't do anything different you know but they can come to you and uh, what's something that you would ask a person like like that Mm
0: -hmm. one really important thing for people to start to get curious about within themselves every time we say that we want to make a change but we're not it's because there's another part of us that doesn't want to make a change and oftentimes we're giving that part of ourselves more power even if we say that we really want to make a change The part of us that doesn't actually has more energy. And it's really important to be able to go inside and figure out why. So a lot of times if it's like, you know, I wanna go this direction, help me go this direction. The first thing I'll do with someone is go, cool, let's stop trying to go in that direction, turn around and figure out what is the part inside of you that does not wanna go in that direction. Because if you're trying to move in this new change, but the other part of you is in resistance, your ability to move forward, you know, with ease, becomes greatly inhibited. An example of this would be like someone who says um, that they want to fall in love and have a relationship, but they're single. As my teacher used to always say, if you're single right now, it's only because you want to be. Your reality and everything about it is exactly, precisely the way that you want it. And that's the only way that this game works. You have your circumstances exactly the way you want them on a deeper level, even if on the surface you want it to be different. So you could be the most desperate, I'm dying to have a partner, I've been single for years, but I'm miserable, blah, blah, blah. Somewhere deep down inside of you, there's another part of you that's going, oh, hell no. I'm too scared. I'm too afraid to be vulnerable. I don't want to open up. I don't want to take the risks. I don't want to be seen, you know, whatever the reason is. I was burned in the past. Something down there is going, I actually don't want this. And that part of us is totally running the show, even if on the surface, we say otherwise.
1: And, And how do you pull that out of people who are coming to you, you know, and saying that they want to change, but maybe they're not aware of where they're placing their their commitments you know internally like is is there a way that you can question someone into that into that understanding or definitely
0: definitely uh, the way I do it every single time is different the work is super highly intuitive I just get in the moment and then we I, I had a client once call it that's like having a shovel it's like it doesn't matter what the client starts with I'll just start digging through questions and other things too right whatever the thing is but I just start digging and I'll find the route and one of the advantages of having been traveling and living this life for so long is that I have a really great level of depth uh, within myself because I've just been doing so much of this type of work you know and the greater depth we have in ourselves the deeper I can dive in with someone else and it's one of my gifts and superpowers is like I can go fucking deep, because I've gone really, really deep into my own life, and into my own shit, and into my own healing. And that's the exact level of depth that I can go in with someone else. So if the root is way down in there, I will get to it. And the method is, it's it's an art form. You have to create it in the moment, um, which is exactly what I do with some of the mushroom work that I do, where I'm teaching people how to navigate their own psychedelic experiences which is the, just for anyone listening who doesn't know, the style of psilocybin work that I'm doing is all about giving people tools and techniques with consciousness exploration where you could be empowered and feel safe and confident enough to put a blindfold on in your own safe environment, take a psychedelic of your choosing in your own sovereignty, in your own time and space, go inside and do all of the healing and transformation and inquiry and exploration that you're needing in the moment and come out of it healed and shifted and transformed and basically be your own guru your own guide your own chaman and have that ability and part of it's realizing that it's a, it's an art form every moment's different and we have to be skilled enough and also creative enough to be able to go inside today and figure out what's going on with me now And how can I bring healing to that in this moment and kind of co-create with myself and with the medicine um, to craft what's needed when you need it. And all the different tools, whether or not it's spiritual, whether or not it's coaching, whether or not it's breathwork, whatever, they're just like different paints in your paintbrush. And when you go inside your consciousness or your heart or your healing and you're there to paint a new canvas, you're there to make art and you have all these different colors and you have to figure out in the moment, you know, what's the, the color, the picture, the painting that you're trying to make.
1: Wow.
3: The way to paint a beautiful life. I'll lay down the burdens of my mother and carry on the legacy of love. Oh yes, I'll lay down the burdens of my mother and carry on the legacy of love. And if i stumble and fall help me up one in all and we will carry on in love and if i stumble and fall help me up one in all and we will carry on in love yes i'll lay down the confines of my father and carry on the legacy of joy Yes, I'll lay down the confines of my father and carry on the legacy of joy. And if I stumble and fall, help me up one in all, and we will carry on in joy. And if I stumble and fall, help me up one in all, and we will carry on. I'll lay down the envies of my sisters And carry on the legacy of grace Oh Yes, I'll lay down the envies of my sisters And carry on the legacy of grace And if I stumble and fall, help me up one in all And we will carry on in grace if I stumble and a fall will help me up, one in all And we will carry on in grace Yes, I'll lay down the hatred of my brothers And carry on the legacy of peace I will lay down the hatred of my brothers on the legacy of peace. And if I stumble and fall well help me up one in all. And we will carry on in peace. And if I stumble and fall help me up one in all. And we will carry on in peace. And we search and see. Happy family living so free, and that's why we roam. The earth is our home with so much to show in the vast unknown. down resentments of my lovers and carry on the legacy of trust. Oh Yes, I'll lay down resentments of my lovers and carry on the legacy of trust. And if we stumble and fall, well, help us up one in all. And we will carry on in trust. And if Stumble and fall Will help me up one in all And we will carry on in trust and Yes, I'll lay down the dominance of my culture And carry on the legacy of truth Why will lay down the dogmas of my culture And carry on the legacy of truth we stumble and fall help us up one and all and we will carry on in truth and if we stumble and fall help us up one in all and we will carry on in truth and we search and see because we want to be so free and that's why we roll the earth is our home with so much to show in the vast unknown as we live forward
1: Yeah, I think that there's something linked to the way we're educated and conditioned from a young age where we think that there is, you know, that we need to get understanding or receive um, instruction to be able to do things, especially when it's like spiritual. But in the same sense, in the spiritual world, it seems like it's always been this common idea that, you know, find a teacher, find someone who's, able to stoke your fire and uh and and bring you to these places yeah i mean i'm a huge advocate for
0: having mentorship and having teachers and guidance um it's also something that in some ways we've lost a lot of like the more direct artisan you know mentorship and there's so much value in that i i mean i I don't have any type of formal education Um, but I've gotten to train with some of the best coaches and healers and shamans and stuff in the world whether through online programs or direct mentorship mainly and it's the by far the quickest way to learn and the best way to learn if you actually want to learn the skill itself and you're not just trying to get a stamp on a piece of paper you really want to learn your art go find the best fucking artist you can find and go live with them for a few years you know what I mean like that's how we received the most not just in technique but in wisdom and that might not be valued in the same way but you get good enough and no one really cares anymore you know people start to forget they just see the work you know and the paper kind of goes out the window but I feel that Ram Dass said it really nicely he said everyone has a guru Everyone has your own inner teacher. Everyone is your own inner teacher. You have your own guru, but if you feel that you don't have a guru, you haven't found your inner guru yet, then I will lend you mine. And that's the energy that I feel that I like to do my work with. It's always the idea of, by the time we're done working together, you won't need me anymore. That's my goal. You'll have you, and then you're free. And that's the exact opposite of you know what a lot of the traditional therapeutic models would would have you do, where you know, you're going to need me for the rest of your life, and it has to be that way because you're on my payroll. You know, if you're perfectly healed, I, I lose money. You know, that's not a benefit to me. So we'll just keep going and going and going forever. But yeah, once people have the the awareness, the, the artistry, the unlocking and reclaiming of the imagination is a big part of it. All these parts of ourselves that we've lost growing up, you know, our creative selves, our free selves, our fully expressed selves, our powerful selves. We have all that back and we start to just have the freedom to navigate ourselves and psychedelics are a huge ally in that, like obviously I have my friends, I have my community, I have all these different things that help me, but when I really need Deep therapy, or I'm ready for a a major shift or a major upgrade in my life. My number one way to do it is myself, a safe space, a blindfold, and you know, a handful of mushrooms, and I'll go in and I'll get it all done, and and more, and in ways that I can't even fucking explain to people half the time, you know, and (laughs) and it's not even worth trying sometimes. But I'll get it all done, and I have the skills within myself, and a way to meet the medicine where we can co-create, and there's a sovereignty in that and there's an empowerment in that that i really really love and that's ultimately what i want to gift people also because it's a little bit like bushwhacking through consciousness you know we're in this renaissance right now of creativity and consciousness and weaving together the science and the spirituality and the old world falling apart and the old structures that have gotten us to a certain point and the tech five techniques to change your life and blah 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 all this old ways of going about it it's just like none of it's working anymore and people are seeing through it and they're wanting more depth they're wanting more authenticity they're turning to these plants which throw all those mechanisms out the fucking window and raise more questions than answers and it's really at this point about the people who have the courage to grab a machete and choose the jungle path the new road a completely new road where Just like I did when I left home and I realized, wow, my my upbringing, my parents, my society have zero answers for me. I'm going to have to start completely fresh and I have no idea where it's going to go, but I'm just going to start bushwhacking through it all and you know, I have a great love for people willing to do that and fellow psychonauts and explorers of all types who are Grabbing the medicine themselves and grabbing life themselves and grabbing their road themselves and going I don't fucking know But I'm gonna go out there on my own and figure it out because no one else seems to know, you know No one knows everyone has ideas everyone has hints, but no one knows and um, Yeah, I help people with the artistry in that and then they go off and they do things with it that I would never have done You know, I give people all these tools of how to navigate their psychedelic experience, but what they'll do between their themselves, their consciousness, and the medicine, using these tools to navigate the creative space, unlock things and go to places and come up with ideas and have experiences that I, my consciousness will never take me. I would never have thought to do it that way. And I've done it. I mean, I've, I've had one of my mentors and I, we would play a game. Uh, he's a functional neurologist. He's one of the top doctors in the U.S. I won't say his name here, but... I had the opportunity to travel with him for three years. And he had all these different tools in personal development, training, consciousness stuff, emotional release. I mean, he's a super badass doctor, coach, shaman. He's like all three in one. Um, With the functional neuro, you know, brain stuff in there. And um, every day we would meditate next to each other for about two hours and we put a blindfold on. We would drink a cup of cacao. That was the plant medicine we were working with. He didn't want to use psychedelics. So we were working with Cacao, And we would go inside and we would do kind of meditation. It's not really the right word for it because it's very active. It's very applying all these different tools to figure out how to open our hearts and unlock our creativity and heal and transform from the inside out. And just taking everything he knew and everything I knew. And you come out of a meditation and we would compare notes. And I would say, well, I tried that technique you gave me yesterday, today and it worked really well but I also tweaked it a little bit like this and then I would give that information back to him and he would go oh cool I like that I'm gonna try that tomorrow and the next day he would do the same thing plus what I added and then he'd tweak that and then give it back to me and we were literally just passing swapping files of consciousness practices back and forth for years and just we would even when we were far away from one another we'd send each other audios like I had this crazy meditation today I did this this and this and then I did that that and that like try this on and then I go and take it and try it because you realize you can do it any way you want it's just you don't know what you don't know so every time someone goes hey how about you try that you can literally just take that and go cool let me go into meditation and try it and it's direct experience in your own consciousness as the platform so we were going back and forth and we threw out maybe 90% of the shit that we learned and we distilled down just like the best 10% and then Got that better and better and better between the two of us and at some point we had a third friend um, this woman who was traveling with us who started to join so she would come into our meditations and the way we would start her off is we would give her one very important technique you know learn how to get into your heart or feel your heart or something like that something simple but important we'd say this is what you're doing for your meditation and so then she would do it and she'd practice that for a few days then we would give her another idea And then she would practice that for a few days. And in the beginning, she was kind of frustrated because we were talking about all these crazy experiences that we were having, and she wasn't having, you know, why am I stuck here loving my heart and being with my emotions when you guys are off having all these crazy, you know, transcendent experiences? And we said, you know, just trust the process. And it took about three weeks before she came back one day for the first time. And as opposed to trying any of the individual techniques, she just got in the moment got in her creative space, and it finally clicked that what the techniques were hinting at wasn't that any of these techniques are the way, but that they're options. And that, in reality, you can do it any way you want. And it's you who gives the power to it, and it's you who gives the permission slip to it, and it's your artistry. I can't do it for you, I'm not inside you, I'm not your consciousness. You can do it any way you want. And she figured it out and she came back and she stopped asking questions and she stopped asking us to teach her. And instead, she, we would all just shut up and we would just meditate. And two hours later, she'd come out and she'd go, man, I did it this way today. And she would give us this information of something she did inside her own journey that was just like, holy shit, I would've never thought to have that way. Because now it's her consciousness and her artistry, right? And her healing in her own hands and now suddenly she's teaching us. And now it just became cool. You're done with the training and now we're all gonna learn together. And it just became fun and it just became play. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a metaphorical language, you know, our consciousness, our hearts, our emotional bodies, our energy bodies, it's a metaphorical language. And so is plant medicine in many ways. And getting in there and um, learning the language and playing with the controls and. Getting curious and having fun. And it will always be more effective ultimately than any technique. And there's so many techniques, you know, every time you have a negative emotion, do this process. and that will get you somewhere, but it'll only get you so far because it's not in the moment enough with what's actually happening with you. You know what I mean? Mm. So to be able to approach what's happening with you neutral with knowing that you have the ability and confidence to create what's needed in the moment
1: when you get there, that's the freedom. Where can people find more of your work, Dylan? If they want to go deeper and uh, learn some of these techniques firsthand and, and just go a bit deeper into themselves with a bit of uh, help.
0: Yeah, so you can go to DylanLyon.com. D-Y-L-A-N-L-Y-O-N.com. And I offer one-on-one coaching packages where we can do everything from just transforming your life whether or not that's business relationship emotional spiritual and getting into your heart creating the life you really want to live for yourself uh, all the way into more of the psychedelic stuff and I also have a I do workshops and retreats and I have a training program called exploring mushrooms psychedelic training for the modern world and it's a three-month training program that gives you all the tools And resources that you need inner resources to be able to unlock your full potential of what's possible for yourself within the medicine and have the confidence to to give yourself these experiences um, both for healing and for expansion and that training program runs throughout the year after the three months of online training it ends with a in-person retreat where we get to come together and actually harness all the tools that you've cultivated in person and then take it to another level and the retreats take place in different beautiful locations around the world so there's one that happens in iceland there's one that happens in spain and there's one that happens here in guatemala people can uh
1: check that out on the website wonderful well i'm happy to get more involved in that you've definitely been a great teacher so thank you thank That's you amazing. keep doing it mm-hmm. thank you all very much for joining with me in witnessing wild wisdom i hope you got a lot out of that conversation i know i sure did and i really enjoyed putting it together so please share it if you if you enjoyed it if you if you like the message and share it with more people. I'm I'm very encouraged by what's happening right now at this moment, this critical moment of danger and opportunity to really fundamentally shift ourselves and look inward. I wanted to let you know that most of the music up until now has been original recordings. Dylan Uh, recorded that song, I Am, and composed it, I believe, and I will be linking and referencing all the sources of all these things in the episode notes, so if you're curious by anything you hear and you want to know more, check there, and I'll play you out with a song which has been a wonderful travel companion. I encountered it in a songbook First in, in Greece, I met some, uh, some nomadic carpenters who were traveling with an old tradition. You know, the journeymen, the people who uh, would practice their trade by going outside of their cultural bubble and meeting new lands and exchanging knowledge and, and learning from the way of the wanderer. Yeah, this song is very dear to me, so I hope you enjoy it. Lots of love.
3: one which is a wild are ancient magical sages and if you drink their potion you will travel through Yeah, maybe our great big family is one. My brothers and sisters who come from this earth will be singing sweet songs. Yeah, we'll dance in the dirt. is the sum of the whole wide thing and we feel it deep inside when we let go and sing Wike ahumam, orobodie yeh gai ahu, ahu um oweke ahu um, horobud What are the spirits and where do they come from? Yeah, maybe the life force deep inside is one My selfhood can hide in such fashionable ways Yeah, but did you believe in all you breathe in today? Oh, wak ge ancestors and know where we come from We continue their beauty under our moon, our sun Witness wild wisdom so deep in the heart Cause our inner fire's been burning ever since the start Oh, our inner fire's been burning ever since the start Come on